This is the home of Nostalgic Pro Wrestling Podcast as a part of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Rosenbluth, and you've tuned in to Kicking Out at Two. Thank you all so very much for pressing play, hitting download, liking, rating, subscribing, reviewing, passing it along to all your friends here for this week's episode of Kicking Out at Two. This week, we're going to recap the April 21st, 1997 episode of Monday Night Raw. This was the episode following the In Your House Revenge of the Taker pay-per-view, which, by the way, Dennis and I watched back last week for the very first time. It was a blind date watch party of Revenge of the Taker. Very first time both of us have watched that pay-per-view event, so that was a lot of fun. You can find that in the archives over at the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network by searching Retromania with a W, and you can find it on any podcast platform available by searching Retromania with a W. It is in your house, Revenge of the Taker watch party. We had Stone Cold and the Hitman, Undertaker and Mankind, Legion of Doom against Owen Hart, Owen Hart and the British Bulldog. That's easy for me to say. Rockabilly? Rockabilly, that's right. Even Savio Vega and Rocky Maivia for the Intercontinental Championship. All of that took place on the In Your House Revenge of the Taker pay-per-view watch party that you can find in the archives over at the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, along with other great shows like Marking Out the Days, Extreme Watch Along covering ECW's Hardcore TV from 1997. We got it from January all the way up to date. This week is the April 22nd episode of um, Marking Out the Days, uh, Extreme Watch Longs. You can find that in the archives over there on Podbean and any podcast platform available by searching Retromania with a W. Also, the fantasy booked Hulkamania is Dead themed podcast series. That's out in the streams. I don't know if that story has quite finished yet. I was on the booking team at one point for that. Um, I think uh, I think Kobe and Jimmy plan to um, revisit that at a later date. Gaijin Wrestling Radio. That's right, Gaijin Wrestling Radio. It's got a independent Ring of Honor, New Japan kind of vibe to it. That's but that's up on the streams as well as Origins of Attitude. Uh, Kobe and Jimmy talk about the origins of the Attitude Era and the, the major players that really kicked things off in the WWF in the mid to late 90s. So that's available up there as well as Cool Truth with AC. He's back in the saddle. He's got a show up there talking AEW. He even throws some politics in there. Not my bag, but if it's for you, click the link and you can find Cool Truth with AC as a part of the Retro Mania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Okay, um, all the cheap plugs are out of the way like I like to do. Um, like I said, this week we're going to recap the April 21st episode of WWF Monday Night Raw from 1997. That just that anniversary just took place 20 years ago. I watched this back the other day. This was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun to watch. I highly suggest you go watch this episode because this was right around the time, like I said in, in previous recordings, where I was more of a Nitro guy because the NWO storyline had a little more intrigue. But once Bret Hart had turned his back on the United States or the United States turned its back on Bret Hart, whatever you whatever you prefer, and he formed the Hart Foundation, things really kicked into high gear. This was chaotic at its best. This was this was really the the start of those those chaotic 2-hour Monday Night Raws that were just can't miss. This episode is one of them. This was a fantastic episode from start to finish, and I can't wait to get into that with you um, here on this recap this week. But before I get into that, got a little programming note. Uh, next couple weeks, we're going to be doing some recaps. I, I told you in the beginning that we're, these were going to be watch-alongs of these episodes of Raw and Nitro. But next week, we're going to do a double recap of the go-home episodes of Monday Night Raw heading into Cold Day in Hell and WCW Monday Nitro heading into Slamboree. So the May 5th episode of Raw is War and the 
May 12th episode of WCW Monday Nitro. And following that, the following week, we're going to do a little two-for-one watch party, if you will. We are going to watch the main event of Cold Day in Hell, which was Stone Cold Steve Austin taking on The Undertaker for the WWF Championship. And then we're also going to watch the main event of the Slamboree pay-per-view from that year, which was the NWO Wolfpack, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Six taking on Ric Flair, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, and Carolina Panthers, the late Kevin Green uh, in a six-man tag team match. All took place, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, th- those were two pretty big main events during that period of time uh, for, um, for for both companies. And I thought it'd be kind of cool to watch those both. So we're going to watch those both on May the 18th. Or, I'm sorry, May the 11th. And then May the 18th, we're going to do a rewatch party. So for those of you that are big Retromania followers, uh, just a few years ago when Kobe and I started this thing as a bonus episode of Marking Out the Day's Weekend Warriors Season 1, we watched the War Games match from Wrestle War 92 pitting Sting Squadron taking on the Dangerous Alliance. Sting Squadron consisting of Captain Sting, Nikita Koloff, Barry Windham, Dustin Rhodes, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat taking on Paul E. Dangerously's Dangerous Alliance, captained by United States Champion Ravishing Rick Rude, Stunning Steve Austin, Larry Zbysko, Arn Anderson, and beautiful Bobby Eaton. In my opinion, my favorite war games of all time. So I got to watch that with Kobe just a couple of years ago, but we're going to do a rewatch party here on Kicking Out at 2 with Dennis and myself. So we're going to have a lot of fun going back and watching that. And those are just a few of the episodes that I've got planned for you coming up in the next few weeks. I'll be going on vacation. My wife and I are going to take a long uh, a, a long overdue honeymoon that we didn't get to take when we got married six years ago. So I'll be recording some of that stuff earlier than expected and having it available on the streams for all of you while I'm enjoying my my, my six year my six year overdue honeymoon with my beautiful wife, Mrs. Kicking Out It Too. So just thought I'd get you know that stuff out of the way, a little programming note, and get right into uh, the thick of things with this Monday Night Raw recap from April the twenty seventh. Air April the 21st, 1997. And this show kicks off with highlights from the Revenge of the Taker pay-per-view to open Monday Night Raw. We see uh, still clips of The Undertaker setting Paul Bearer's face on fire. And then the pyro opens uh, from Binghamton, New York. Raw is war! As Stone Cold Steve Austin makes his way down to the ramp for an in-ring interview with Vince McMahon to discuss his match with Bret the Hitman Hart from the pay-per-view as well as the advertised street fight on this evening's episode of Raw is War. Vince would then announce that Steve Austin is in line for a title shot at The Undertaker for the WWF Championship at the next In Your House pay-per-view. Austin says that he really doesn't care about the pay-per-view right now, that he wants Bret Hart. He says that he beat Bret with a sharpshooter last night, but it wasn't... It was Owen and Davey that got involved and cost him the match. Um, he then calls out Brett for this street fight. Uh, he even gives Brett a minute to show up. The crowd pops for the for, for the big match. You see a timer on the screen counting down until Brett shows up. Crowd counts down from 10 to 1, but we get no Brett. Austin says he knew Brett wouldn't show up, so he's coming for him. And as he exits the ring, Brett and the Hearts are on the screen. and, uh, and the, I'm sorry, Brett and the Hart family. Owen and Davey are on the on the the Titantron, and Brett says that he accepts the street fight. Uh, okay, I thought it was advertised that it was going to happen, but apparently he accepts it. So 
Brett then runs down Austin and the American wrestling fans for a little bit. Um, no morals, no class. They're all scum, etc., etc. And then Austin says if he's going to hell, he's taking Brett with him as he exits the ring. I thought this was a good way to open the show. A little follow-up from the previous night's pay-per-view that ended with the controversial finish. The schmoz finish of Austin and Brett. Dennis and I talked about that a little bit last week. Uh, but it was carried over into Monday Night Raw. So, good way to open the show. I like the segment. Uh, first match, we've got Ahmed Johnson taking on the Sultan. Um as well as uh, Ken Shamrock says he's going to challenge Mike Tyson. We're going to talk about the Vader uh, Kuwaiti crisis, as well as Triple H and The Undertaker more, and, and so much more, on this episode of Raw is War. Uh, as we get the camera cutting back to Steve Austin looking for Brett in the backstage area as they go to commercial break. And then back from the break, we see Brett pacing backstage in his dressing room as the Sultan is already in the ring waiting for Ahmed Johnson. Um this match, Sultan Ahmed Johnson kicks off with uh, you know a lot of right hands and some fists from both guys. Johnson would nail a scissors kick on the Sultan, which got a pretty big pop. Um, then we would see the Sultan taking advantage throughout the match. This match really wasn't anything special. In fact, I didn't really care for it. Um, Ahmed's offense gets a strong reaction from the crowd. He would then nail a spine buster on the Sultan until the nation's music hits, and they're standing on the top of the ramp. Uh, Ahmed would then exit the ringside or would exit the ring and uh, stand at the bottom of the ramp to invite them down to the ring. The Sultan would then take advantage and attack as the nation approaches ringside. When all of a sudden, Ahmed pulls a two by four from out under the ring and nails Sultan with it, resulting in a disqualification. The nation would retreat up the ramp as the announcers hype the gauntlet match for the pay per view, which will be Ahmed Johnson taking on Savio Vega, Crush, and Farouk of the Nation of Domination. We see officials intervening as Ahmed would leave the ringside area. You know, this match was okay. Like I said, didn't really care for it, but it was all right. Um, it was really all about facilitating the nation-Ahmed rivalry, which, looking back on it, I thought that that was going to culminate at WrestleMania. When Ahmed got the help from the Road Warriors, the Chicago street fight, he, he, he you know, ousted the nation. But he still got his issues with them. And LOD are off doing their own thing now against Owen and Davey in the hearts. And it's, you know, I, I like I said, I think they kind of ran that one a little too long, the, the Ahmed Nation. It, 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 I think it ran its course. But, uh, you know, we got what we got. And uh, we, we get a shot of Austin pacing backstage as you go to commercial break. And back from the break, Austin is out. Um, is outside the Hart Foundation's locker room taunting Brett. He's even swinging a chair as we cut to the camera inside Brett's dressing room as he's arguing with officials um, about what Austin is doing outside the dressing room. And then we get officials screaming at Austin to go to the ring. Brett says he's going to meet him there. The cameras then cut back to the announcer's table as Vince, King, and JR are joined by Ken Shamrock at commentary when they announce his match with Vader at the upcoming pay-per-view. Then they mention the arrest in Kuwait, when Vader attacked the television reporter on the talk show, they cut to the clip where Vader grabs the talk show host by the tie, threatening him after asking if wrestling was fake. Lawler then has a cartoon picture available at ringside of Vader in jail in Kuwait, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, Shamrock would then discuss. Shamrock was on commentary, discusses his, his his history with bullies, and he doesn't like them. He says he's got a problem with Vader, and he will. He will put an end to the bully known as Vader at the next pay-per-view. And then Lawler asks about the Mike Tyson rumor. Shamrock calls out Mike Tyson, calling him a bully. He will prove he's the world's most dangerous man against Mike Tyson inside a WWF ring. Uh, this was a pretty good segment, I must say. Um, I didn't know if it was leading to anything. I don't remember back then in 97 that they were looking to get something with Tyson, but I do remember them name-dropping Tyson on television. 
from time to time. Um, it sounded to me like a publicity stunt, just to kind of see what kind of reaction they would get from the audience. And I know wrestling fans were like, oh, Ken Shamrock, Mike Tyson, it's going to be a shoot fight. Um, obviously, we didn't get that. A year later, we would get Tyson's involvement in the WrestleMania 14 main event with uh, Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin. But um, Stone Cold's music would hit as he makes his way down to the ring for the street fight going into commercial break. And we then come back from the break and it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. He gets in Vince's face during the commercial break. Maybe we're teasing some early remnants of their classic rivalry. I'm not really sure, but um, we get Brett limping down to the ring. Uh, I think this is, is the angle that was a way to write him off TV because he hurt his knee the previous night at the pay-per-view. Um, this was great stuff between these two. It was too bad that Brett was hurt because this would have been a great pay-per-view main event. This would have been a nice little blow-off main event on pay-per-view. Um, the intensity's there. There's great chemistry between these two. Bulldog and Owen jump Austin from behind. We get a three-on-one attack. Then Shawn Michaels uh, comes in through the crowd to make the save with a chair. He chases off both Owen and Davey through the crowd. That gets a pretty big pop. Brett and Austin are now one-on-one. And and about this match, too, I'm old school when it comes to wrestling stipulations, but I loved the come-as-you-are street fight element of pro wrestling when guys wear the jeans and then maybe the cowboy boots or the 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 tucked in military boots um with the knee pads over the jeans the t-shirt the tape fist to me that was just that 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 really resembled a street fight i i loved it absolutely loved it and uh you know this definitely really helped um enhance the street fight element with the civilian clothes uh it felt special watching it 25 years ago because these type of matches didn't really occur on television unless it was on a pay-per-view and then we get brett introducing the steel chair he tries to break the break the ankle of austin by putting his foot between the chair he he goes off the top rope but austin dodged the bullet and moves then he nails brett in the knee with the chair and wails brett over and over again uh just a lot of intensity physicality these guys really really put in the work with each other uh, austin worked on the knee for a bit with the chair he would then put brett in the sharpshooter as the referees try to intervene to get Austin to release the hold, but Austin won't budge. Now, that was a little strange because I thought this was no DQ, street fight, anything goes. There's no referee getting involved other than to make the decision. Um, I really wasn't sure why they stopped the match, but they managed to get Austin to release the hold as they go to a commercial break. Back from the break, and Owen and Bulldog attend to the injured Brett backstage, uh, demanding that they get medical attention for Brett. The, the medics arrive at ring... I'm sorry, they tend to him at ringside. And then they arrived, the medics would arrive at ringside as they cut to replays of the street fight and what led to Brett getting injured. We see WWF President Gorilla Monsoon is backstage with Steve Austin arguing about what just transpired. Austin says, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm talking way too fast here. I got to chill out. Monsoon says Austin broke all the rules and regulations in the WWF. I don't know what's going on here, but last time I checked, this was a street fight. This is anything goes. So I didn't know that there were rules to a street fight other than there were no rules. And how could he have broken so many different rules in a no disqualification type setting? That's just me. Um, uh, Monsoon would then kick Austin out of the building. Austin would get in his face before he exits the arena. As we see Bulldog and Owen helping Brett out of the arena going into commercial break. And then we're back from the break. And it's the traditional Raw is War video to open up and kick off the second hour. Pyro, light, smoke, all that good shit with Vince plugging the second hour. And what just transpired during the first hour. As we see Salvatore Sencia taking on Tiger Ali Singh. Um, nobody, absolutely nobody gave a shit about this match, including myself. Um... Cameras would then cut to the backstage area where Brett is being taken out 
um, to, or, to an ambulance. Vince then asked Cameras to stay on Brett as he apologized to Tiger Ali Singh. Um, hey, pal, you fucking booked the show, so I don't know why you're apologizing. You're the one that set the whole goddamn thing up. Um, like, you really give a shit. Come on, Vince. Uh, we would get uh, the match would continue with split screen footage of Brett being tended to by Owen and Bulldog, who are arguing with WWF officials over what just took place. The announcers would discuss the actions of Austin towards Brett, showing further proof that they don't care about this match. Not that anybody should, anyways. Uh, Vince would try to fill us in on the competitors in the match, but nobody cared. Some fans were even chanting "boring," and Christ, I feel their pain. I was bored to tears with it too. Uh, the only reason why I watched it was because of the the, the split screen um, action with Austin and Brett and the whole debacle there. As we get more of that with medics attending to Brett, Owen and Bulldog assisting, Tiger Ali Singh gets the wing. Nobody fucking cares. Let's move on. Backstage, the medics wheel Brett to the ambulance as Bulldog and Owen are yelling at them to be careful with Brett. I thought that was pretty funny. You know, they were like, oh, this is precious goods here. Owen, you know, being the comedian that he is, I thought it was hilarious. Davey Boy, same thing. He was like, be careful of Brett's knee. It's precious. It was just, it, it, it was fun stuff. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty, pretty funny. Um, cameras were then cut to the inside of the ambulance as you see Steve Austin sitting in the driver's seat and says, don't you say one word. I told you we're going straight to hell as he heads towards the back of the ambulance to pound on Brett some more. He pulls Brett out of the ambulance as officials. Owen Bulldog, they try to stop him. Then the ambulance speeds off with Brett as Owen and Davey look on vowing to kill Austin tonight going into the commercial break. Fun segment. This just wall to wall drama and action. I I I felt all I I felt like I almost was watching this 25 years ago. In fact, I remember where I was watching this. I was on April vacation with my grandparents in Florida, and we went to Passover dinner because my grandfather's Jewish. We went to Passover dinner at one of his golf buddies' condos or whatever. And they had a kid that was just about my age, and we got done eating, and there was like a little TV room that we could go watch TV and. Um, the kid actually wanted to watch wrestling. He, I, and my grandmother was like, you're not making him watch that stuff. We have it taped down at the house. And I said, no, no, no. He wants to watch it. The kid wanted to watch it too. So we were flipping back and forth between that and nitro in, in, um, my grandfather's friend's, uh, uh, TV room at their condo in Florida. Uh, his name was Frank, by the way, God rest his soul. Same thing with my grandparents. God rest their soul. Um, anyway, um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. That whole segment, the, the, the intensity with Austin and Brett, it really it really helped change the look of what Monday Night Raw turned into with Raw's War. Like the the presentation. It was just unpredictable. It it, it it had you guessing. And watching it back, I there were some parts about this I forgot, and there were some parts about this I couldn't wait to see again. And it was just as cool watching it back uh, now as it was twenty five years ago. Um we come back from the commercial break as we recap what just transpired between Austin and the Hart Foundation. And then we're live with a shot of Bulldog and Owen stalking the backstage area looking for Austin as the real Double J, Jesse James, enters the ring for his next match. Once again, nobody cares about this singing. Nobody cares about this match. It was sad to watch. There was dead silence when he came out singing, With my baby tonight, you got my baby wrapped around her little fingers and you know that I would walk to hell and back to be with her. I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. That's gonna what I'm gonna sing to my wife on our on our long overdue honeymoon uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, out comes Rockabilly with the honky tonk man. Crowd didn't care for them either. Nobody cared. I actually took a shit during this match. During this match, I took a shit long enough to to to. 
to go do my business, make a deposit, come back downstairs, and watch Rockabilly deliver Honky Tonk's finisher of the shake, rattle, and roll for the win over the real Double J, Jesse James. Uh, We get real Double J attacking Rockabilly from behind, but Honky then nails Double J with the guitar and smashed it over his head. Thank God that was the end of the segment. Thank God. Let's move on. Um, Austin is backstage in the locker room yelling at Shawn Michaels for helping him. Michael says he wasn't helping him. He was trying to hurt them, referring to the Hart Foundation. Monsuma then intervened, threatening to strip Austin of his wrestling license as the two continue to argue going into the commercial break. I thought you kicked him out of the building. And then he comes back, and then you didn't kick him out again, but you're going to threaten to to, to strip him of his wrestling license? I didn't realize, you know, I didn't remember Gorilla Monsoon being so lax with the rules. I remember him being a very stern WWF authority figure in the in the, the mid nineties. I didn't. I don't remember this. Him just kind of not really giving a shit, if you will. Um, we come back from the break as the announcers discuss the altercation between Michaels and Austin as Mankind is on the screen and he talks about the flesh hanging from his face. He could smell the stench of burning skin. His face was melting. Not a whimper or cry from Uncle Paul. He's so brave. He blames the Undertaker for disfiguring him. Get well soon, Uncle Paul. Then the Undertaker's music hits as he makes his way out to the ring for his match against Triple H, Hunter Hurst Helmsley, going into the commercial break. And then we come back from that commercial break, and it's The Undertaker versus Triple H. Undertaker would meet Hunter on the ramp and goes on the attack to start things off. He was dominant for the majority of this match, I must say. Um... On commentary, the announcers were playing off Undertaker's attitude following the pay-per-view last night. A mean streak, if you will, um, stemming from burning Paul Bear in the face. Uh, eventually, Hunter would manage to get some offense in, working on his face where he was burned from mankind. We would get a shot of Marlena and Goldust sitting at ringside without their usual wrestling attire. Goldust with no face paint and street clothes. Marlena wearing a baseball cap, smoking a, excuse me, a cigar going into the commercial break. And then we come back from the break, and Hunter is working on Undertaker in the corner. Match overall was pretty good. The crowd were into it. There weren't really any dead spots. Uh, Mankind is coming down the ramp with a blowtorch as the Undertaker spots him. Mankind nails Taker with the tank from the blowtorch, signaling the disqualification. Then Mankind counted, um, countered, excuse me, he attempted to attack um, Undertaker and then light the torch and burn the Undertaker but the Undertaker countered and stopped Mankind finding him off through the crowd we then get China being choked with a belt from behind by Marlena over the ringside barricade Goldust would then jump the barricade and attack Hunter referees and officials try to control everything as we go to a commercial break and then we're back from the break as Stone Cold Steve Austin enters the arena for another interview with Vince McMahon. Austin would run down Brett, even tries cutting a heel promo on the crowd. Says he took out Brett by himself without their help. And the crowd still cheered him. Austin would then run down Vince for complimenting him. Um, he jumped on the Austin bandwagon. He calls him out for it. Threatens to knock him out. Vince then kind of shifts gears to his title match with The Undertaker. And Austin says, Taker will hand the title over to him. He's the ruler of the world. Now, I, I once he said that, I was like, is this a jab at Sid for no-showing? Because I believe Sid no-showed a Monday Night Raw, and they, they had to call an audible, and that set up Austin and Brett for the In Your House pay-per-view. Um, Austin says he ain't going to be no role model for the WWF. His own and Bulldog then jump him from behind. Double team. They begin pounding away on him. Vince even tries to step in, and Owen knocked him on his ass. I thought that was pretty funny. I didn't remember that. 
Michaels would return with a chair to run off the Bulldog and Owen again. Um, we see Austin left laying in the ring. Vince demands Austin get medical help. Shades of Mr. McMahon with this attitude here, I must say. Um, Austin gets back up as the crowd cheers him on. We then get a shot of Brian Pillman coming through the crowd and attacking Steve Austin. Uh, referees would then run down to stop Pillman, but Pillman grabbed the cha- chair and nails Austin from behind. We get a few more chair shots to take Austin out as Pillman runs off um, the referees. And then he goes to put Austin's ankle in the chair, but Shawn Michaels chases him off with a steel chair to close out this episode. Overall, this episode was wild. This was a wild show. Action. Uh, drama, wall-to-wall. I loved it. Very entertaining. I forgot how fun the show was until I watched it back. Um, if anything, my favorite part of the show was obviously the Austin Hart Foundation stuff. I mean, it dominated the thread of the show, but it made it still fun. If, if there's one thing I could have cared less for, well, there's two. The Rockabilly Double J match and the the Tiger Ollie Singh uh, um which you call the Tiger Ali Singh uh, uh, Salvatore Sincere match? Yeah, that's something I'd probably uh, I'd probably do without. But other than that, great episode overall. Um, and uh, that's that's gonna do it this week here on Kicking Out Two. I know this week's episode is a little short, but um, I appreciate your time here checking us out. Um, yeah, this week, uh, you know, recap, if you will, of Monday Night Raw. Didn't have time to do a watch along. Next week, we're going to recap the May 5th episode of um, of uh, Monday Night Raw. It's the go-home episode to Cold Day in Hell. And then we're also going to recap the May 12th episode of WCW Monday Nitro, which is the go-home episode to Slamboree. That's going to be leading to the following week, which will be um, May the 11th. And we're going to do a special two-for-one watch party. The Cold Day in Hell main event of Stone Cold Steve Austin taking on The Undertaker for the WWF Championship as well as the main event from Slamboree 1997. The following weekend, the following Sunday, it was the NWO, Hall, Nash, and Six representing the Wolfpack taking on Nature Boy Ric Flair, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, and Kevin Green. From the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte, North Carolina. The build-up to that pay-per-view was pretty solid too. I I talked about it a little bit on our Nitro Turmoil recap a couple weeks ago. Um, uh, Piper and Flair laid out the challenge. Kevin Green partnered up with them. They're kind of doing an NWO WCW, you know, um, face-off at this pay-per-view with Hall, Nash, and Six blaming the older guard of wrestlers from uh, taking their spots, if you will. And they would continue this on. Um, following episodes of Nitro that you could check out in the art, you could check out over on the Peacock as well, uh, leading to the big main event, um, and we're going to talk a lot about that uh, in a couple of weeks. Then following that, uh, May the 18th, I'll be away on vacation, but there will be a rewatch party of War Games 1992 from Wrestle War 1992, Sting Squadron, Sting, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, um, Nikita Koloff, Dustin Rhodes, and Barry Windham to take on. Paulie Dangerously's Dangerous Alliance, Ravishing Rick Rude, Beautiful Bobby Eaton, Arn Anderson, Stunning Steve Austin, Larry Zabisco. The following week, following that, uh, I should be back uh, from my vacation. And when I am back on my vacation, we will have the 
the May 26th, 1997 episode of Monday Night Raw. Hoping to do a watch-along of that. If not, I'll recap it. That show was highlighted by Stone Cold Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels challenging Owen Hart and the British Bulldog for the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Titles. That was a lot of fun. That was a great main event. Um, we're going to watch that. And then the week following, we're going to do some Nitros. The whole month of June is dedicated to Monday Nitro. We're going to recap the 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 June 2nd episode of Monday Nitro from 1997. That particular episode is highlighted by the infamous finish where Sting repels from the ceiling and hooks Diamond Dallas Page up and they repel to the top of the ceiling as they're fighting off the NWO. We also see Hall and Nash um, mix it up with Piper and um, and Flair on that show. We're also going to see on the following week on um, June the 8th, the June 9th, 1997 episode of WCW Monday Nitro. Then June the 15th, we're going to watch the Dennis Rodman debut on WCW Monday Nitro from Chicago, the United Center. This was an infamous episode. I believe this was one of the, the instances where Dennis Rodman skipped practice in the NBA Finals to attend this WCW Monday Nitro. And it was a very memorable Nitro, to say the least. The following week, we're going to have the June 23rd, 1997 Nitro that we're going to either watch or recap. And then on June the 29th, we're going to watch the June 30th, 1997 episode of Monday Nitro from Las Vegas. It was the night that Kurt Henning debuted in WCW as well as Raven's uh, arrival into WCW. This was a wild episode of Nitro. I remember watching it back as a kid. Um, so I can't wait to watch that with all of you. Uh, July the 7th, or July the 6th, we're going to watch the July 7th episode of WWF Raw is War. This was the night after the In Your House Canadian Stampede event. So that should be a lot of fun. And then June the 13th, hopefully, hopefully, actually I should say July the 13th, hopefully we're going to watch the WCW Bash at the Beach 1997 pay-per-view headlined by Hogan and Rodman taking on Luger and the Giant. Also, Kevin Sullivan, Chris Benoit, Scott Hall and, and Macho Man against DDP and a mystery partner, Ric Flair and Roddy Piper, and uh, so many other great matches on that card. We're going to watch that, hopefully, um, with all of you. And then, uh, on on the docket later this year, we're going to watch the, uh, SummerSlam 2002. We're going to be approaching the 20th anniversary uh, coming up in August, but we're going to do that show in July, seeing as that SummerSlam this year is going to be in the month of July, July 30th. We're going to watch that show back on July the 27th. Also on tap and on schedule at the end of August, the Arn Anderson retirement speech on Nitro from the April or the August 25th, 1997 episode, as well as the Arn Anderson parody retirement speech from the September 1st, 1997 episode of Monday Nitro. Uh, Fall Brawl 97 uh, uh, watch along. We're also going to watch the Goldberg Nitro debut from September the 22nd, 1997. Also, 25th anniversary, Hell in the Cell, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. Can't wait to watch that with all of you. As well as the Survivor Series 1997, the screw job. Everyone's going to talk about that. Um, we're going to also cover the the 35-year anniversary of the very first Survivor Series from 1987. So that should be a lot of fun. As well as Bret Hart's debut on WCW Monday Nitro. Um the infamous Monday Night Raw, the Christmas episode with DX uh, uh, dressed up, you know, in very skimpy thongs or whatever. Also, Undertaker's on that show against Rock. Um, we see Sergeant Slaughter having his issues with DX. And then closing out this year 
We have the December 29th, 1997 episode of WCW Monday Night Show, the day after Starcade and the infamous finish with Hogan and Sting. So we got a lot going on, 1997-related Raw and Nitro. We mix in a little bit of uh, um, uh, anniversaries that aren't 97-related, like Survivor Series and SummerSlam and, and things like that. But, oh, I forgot to mention, we're going to do a Monday Night War roulette where we're going to choose which episode of Nitro or Raw we're going to watch. Now, it's either the, the here are the choices, the November the 10th episode of WWF Raw, which was the night after Survivor Series 97, Montreal Screwjob, or the November 10th episode of Nitro, which was the night after the Montreal Screwjob. Or we're going to watch either episode of Raw or Nitro from November the 17th, which just so happened Rick Rude appeared on both those episodes. So we're going to have a lot of fun getting into that with all of you here on Kicking Out at 2. And I think it's about that time that we officially put this show down for the three count and see you all next week. <laughs>